Chapter Seventeen of the Combined Maze by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Seventeen. In April, Ransome looked confidently for Violet to settle down. Mrs. Usher had assured him again and again that the next month would bring the blessed change. She'll be all right, said Mrs. Usher, when the nurse goes and she has you and baby to herself and at first it seemed as though violet's mother knew what she was talking about april put an end to their separation april like a second honeymoon made them again bride and bridegroom to each other nature whom ranny had blasphemed and upbraided triumphed and was justified in violet's beauty that bloomed again and was changed to something almost fine almost clear as if its coarse strain had been purged from it by maternity something fine and clear in ranny responded to the change and as in their first honeymoon violet's irritation ceased she was sullen sweet with a kind of brooding magic in her ways she drew him with eyes whose glamour was tenderness under lowering brows she bound him with arms that for all their incredible softness had a vehemence that held him as if it would never let them go and in the cleaving of her mouth to his there was a savage will that pressed as if it would have crushed between them all memory and premonition this was somewhat disastrous to fineness and clearness and ransome's no doubt would have perished but for the persistence with which he held violet sacred as the mother of his child her attitude to the child was still incomprehensible to him but he was beginning to accept it perceiving that it had some obscure foundation in her temperament there were moments when he fell back on his old superstition exploded by the doctor and told himself that violet was one of those who suffer profoundly from the shock of childbirth and in that case she would get over it in time but time went on and violet showed no signs of getting over it no signs at any rate of settling down on the contrary before very long she slipped into her old slack ways with all her fierce vitality it was as if she had no strength to turn her hand to anything the charwoman came every week that was no more than ransom was prepared for the charwoman worked heavily against odds doing all she knew and yet in the searching light of summer it was plain as ransom pointed out that granville was undergoing a slow deterioration first of all the woodwork cracked and the paint came off in blisters and the dirt that got into the seams and holes and places stayed there granville was visited with a plague of fine dust it settled on everything it penetrated it worked its way in everywhere violet going round languidly with a silly feather brush made no headway against the pest for heaven's sake get it out said ransome or we shall all be swallowed up in it and die get it out yourself if you can said violet you'll soon see how you like my job she was developing more and more a power of acrimonious and unanswerable retort can't you let it be ranny he had found the feather brush no it's spoiling all my o.k okay cuffs and collars i can't help your cuffs and collars what do you suppose it's doing to mine ransom went on flourishing the feather brush presently he began to cough and sneeze if you wouldn't rouse it said violet it would do less harm he admitted that the dust was terrible when roused so the dust got the better of them ransom was not the sort of man who could go about poking his nose into cupboards and places or flourish a feather brush with a serious intention he was even more incapable of badgering a beautiful girl whom he had already wronged sufficiently 
who declared herself to be sufficiently handicapped by baby since the baby came he had abstained from comment on his wife's shortcomings though in the matter of meals for instance she had begun to add unpunctuality to incompetence ransome would have considered himself pretty flabby if he couldn't rough it but he found himself looking forward more and more to the days they spent at wandsworth those rare but extensive sundays that covered the hours of two square meals not counting tea-time then there was the hamper from hertfordshire to be sure in common decency it could only be regarded as a lucky windfall but providentially the windfall was beginning to occur at frequent intervals the ushers must have had an inkling everybody who came to the house could perceive the awful deterioration in the food the next thing ransome noticed was a faint a very faint but still perceptible deterioration in himself and by himself ranny meant in general his physique and in particular his muscles they were not flabby heaven forbid but they were not the superb muscles that they had been all last year he had attended the gymnasium religiously once a week just to keep in form this year his wife was having a bad time and it wasn't fair to leave her too much by herself instead of going to the polytechnic he practised with his dumbbells in the back bedroom and now and then after violet had gone to bed he sprinted there was no need to worry about himself what ranny worried about was the steady slow deterioration in the baby it began in the third month of its existence up till then the baby hadn't suffered it was naturally healthy and even violet owned that it was good by which she meant that it slept a great deal and for a whole month after she had it to herself she had made tremendous efforts to keep it as the nurse had kept it she saw for she was not unintelligent that trouble taken now would save endless trouble in the long run in dealing with its inconceivably tender person as for its food violet had been firm about the main point but it was no strain to order once for all from the dairy an expensive kind of milk which ranny paid for only whereas nurse had made a grand toilette for baby every other day insisting that the little frocks and vests and flannels should be put on all clean together violet observed the longer and longer interval on sundays when ranny's mother saw her baby was still a little rose a honey-pot and a fairy flower on other days when tiresome people dropped in unexpectedly violet hid everything under a clean overall when she could lay her hands on one but from ranny she had nothing and presently it came upon him with a shock that to caress and handle baby was not the same perfect ecstasy that it had been it puzzled him at first then it enraged him and at last he spoke to violet look here he said if you want that child to be a little rose and a honey-pot and a fairy flower you'll have to keep it cleaner that's got to be done you see whatever's left violet sulked for twenty-four hours after that outburst but for a whole week afterward he noticed that baby was distinctly cleaner but whether it was clean or whether it was dirty ranny loved it and became more and more absorbed in it and with ranny's absorption violet's irritability returned and increased and sullenness set in for days at a time without intermission this said ranny is the joie de vivre three more months passed for ransom every day brought a going forth and a returning a mixing with the world with men and with affairs the affairs of woolridge's his married life had done one thing for him it taught him to appreciate his life at woolridge's and to discern variety where variety had not been too apparent 
there was the change from granville to woolridge's and from woolridge's to granville there was the dinner hour when he rose from his desk and went out to an a b c shop with booty or some other man sometimes the other man had ideas views of life and so forth that interested ransome if he hadn't at any rate he was a man that is to say he didn't sulk or nag or snap at you or nip the words out of your mouth and twist them he wasn't perverse he didn't do things that passed your comprehension and he let you be for ransome the world of men brought respite even at home in that world of women of one woman when things he meant the one woman were too much for him menacing his as yet invincible hilarity he could turn his back on them and work in the garden or play with the baby or he could leave them for a while and mount his bicycle and ride out into the open country for ransom life still had interests and surprises for the baby surprise and interest lurked in the feeblest of its sensations every day brought for the baby excitement discovery and adventure and then it had attached itself to ransom it behaved as if it had some secret understanding with its father its sense of comedy like ranny's seemed imperishable it would respond explosively to devices so old so stale so worn by repetition that the wonder was they didn't alienate it or disgust the rapid approach and withdrawal of ranny's hand his face suddenly hidden behind its pinafore and exposed still more suddenly with a cry of peep-boo its own inspired seizing of ranny's hair would move it to delirious laughter or silent strangling frenzy and when ranny wasn't there and nobody took any notice of it it had its own solitary and mysterious ecstasies of mirth it was all very well for ranny and the baby but for violet it was one interminable intolerable monotony always the same tiresome things to be done for granville and for the baby and for ranny when she did them and when she didn't there was nothing to do but to sit still with no outlook no interest no surprise no possibility of variety and adventure now and then they would leave the baby at wandsworth with its grandmother and ranny would take her to earl's court or the coliseum but these bright hours were rare and when they passed the gloom they had made visible was gloomier and brooding over it she suffered a sense of irremediable wrong nothing to look forward to but bedtime the slow soft-footed ascent to the room with the walls of love-knots and rosebuds ranny carrying the baby nothing to look forward to but the dark when the baby slept and ranny who would hang over it till the last minute couldn't see the baby any more the dark when he would turn to her with the old passion and the old caresses and even into the darkness and into their passion there had come a difference subtle estranging and profound between them there remained that sense of irremediable wrong in violet it roused resentment and in ransom a tender yet austere responsibility for he blamed himself for it violet blamed the baby and in those three months winnie diamond came and went by some fatality she contrived to call either on a sunday when they had all gone to wandsworth or on a saturday when ransom was not there once or twice in summer when he was kept at the counting-house during stock-taking or the sales for woolridge's season of high pressure came months earlier than starker's winnie had dropped in towards supper-time when violet had asked her to keep her company but she always left before ranny could get back because violet told her as if she didn't know it that ranny would be too tired to see her home one saturday evening in august he had come in about nine o'clock after a turn on wimbledon common 
granville with its gate its windows and all its doors flung open had a scared abandoned look a strange sound came from granville the sound of a low singing from upstairs from yes it was from the front bedroom he went through the lower rooms and out into the garden nobody was there the baby's cradle and pram were empty and still from upstairs the voice came singing in all his knowledge of her he had never known violet to sing he went upstairs the door of the first bedroom was closed as if on a mystery he knocked and opened it tentatively like a man who respected mysteries the voice had left off singing and was saying something it was a voice he knew but not violet's voice it was saying with a lilt that was almost a song upsy daisy upsy daisy den there was a pause and then diddums and a sound of kissing he found winnie diamond sitting there alone with the baby on her knee he caught her in the act of slipping a nightgown over its little naked body that was all rosy from its bath the place was full of the fragrance of soap and violet powder and clean linen hello winky he said what a lark he stood fascinated but winky with a baby in her lap was not capable of levity it struck him that the baby was serious too violet's just this minute gone out for a breath of air she said i'm putting baby to bed for her she's been very fretful all day who violet no baby did it then how's that he sat perched on the footrail of the bed for there was not much room to spare what with the wardrobe and winnie and the bath i don't know but i fancy she isn't very well the baby confirmed her judgment by a cry of anguish i say what's wrong i think said winnie it's the hot weather and the bottles the what the bottles they're nasty things and you can't be too careful with them his face was inscrutable do you think she said you could find me a nice clean one somewhere i've got two in soak he smiled in spite of himself at the gravity the importance of her air he went off to look all over the house for the nice clean one that winnie was certain must be somewhere in a basin by the open window of the bedroom he found the two horrors that she had put there to soak what's wrong with these said he for one moment it was as if winnie were indignant you put your nose to them and you'll soon see what's wrong he did and saw it was not for nothing that he had been born over a chemist's shop in wandsworth high street he had heard his father and his mother and mercier even comment on the sluts whose sluttishness sent up the death-rate of the infant population he kept his back to winnie as he stood there by the window the b a bad word a word that he would not for worlds have uttered in a woman's presence half formed itself on ranny's lips he turned well he said aloud i am let's throw the filthy things away they're poisonous no i'll see to it just bring me another there isn't another she gazed at him with eyes where incredulity struggled with terror that responded to his fierceness she didn't believe and she didn't want ranny to believe that violet could be so awful there must be ranny somewhere there isn't i tell you then run round to the chemist's and get three all right but it's no good the kid's been poisoned goodness knows how long it's been going on she looked at him reproachfully this time no no it's only the hot weather come on sudden the baby set up a sorrowful wail as if it knew better and protested against winnie's softening of the facts poor lamb she's hungry just you run there's a dear he ran 
the chemist a newcomer had set up his shop very conveniently at the corner of acacia avenue as ransome approached a familiar figure emerged from the shop doorway it stood there for a moment as if undecided then turned and disappeared round the corner it was leonard mercier what on earth thought ranny is old jujubes doing here the flying wonder of it had barely flicked his brain when it was gone ranny's thoughts were where his heart was where he was back again in an instant in the bedroom with winnie and the baby he prepared the child's food under winnie's directions it was wonderful how winnie seemed to know and before nightfall what with rocking and singing she had soothed the baby to sleep nightfall and violet hadn't come back i'm glad she's got out at last winnie said she's had such an awful day you think she doesn't get out enough then she hesitated i do not really out because of baby they sat near they spoke low so as not to wake the child that slept on winnie's knee the kid doesn't give her many awful days it's such a jolly kid anyone would think she'd be happy with it she's so young ranny you should think of that she's only like a child herself she's got to be looked after she doesn't know much about babies she hasn't had one very long you see you know winnie how's that you haven't had one at all no i haven't had one i can't say how it is he smiled to look at you anyone would say you'd nursed a baby all your life so she had in fancy and in dreams it comes more natural to some she said all violet wants is telling you should tell her ranny tell her what well tell her to take baby out more tell her to give her a bath night and morning tell her little babies get ill and die if you don't keep everything about them as clean as clean tell her anything you like but don't tell her to-night why not because she's upset what's upset her i don't know you'll upset her if you go flying out at her about those old bottles like you did and if you go calling her bad names i heard you was it possible why he hadn't let it out or if he had it had gone quite innocently through the open window if you're not as gentle as gentle with her you'll upset her something awful you've got to be as gentle with her as you are with baby so she thought he wasn't gentle did she she thought he bullied violet and upset her whatever could violet have been saying about him well well he couldn't tell her that he had been as gentle with her as he was with baby and that the gentler he was the more violet was upset he didn't know that winky was punishing him in order to punish herself for having given violet away all right winky he said if you think i'm such a brute i don't think anything of the sort ranny you know i don't she rose with the sleeping child in her arms and carried it to its cot he followed her and turned back the blanket for her as she laid baby down but it was winnie and not baby that he looked at and he thought little winky's grown up to be sure her hair was done differently he missed the door-knocker plait but that was not what he meant he had only thought of it after she had left him it was past ten before violet came back he found her in the sitting-room standing in the light of the gas flame she had just lit her eyes shone her face was flushed she panted a little as if so he thought she had hurried being late well he said to her have you had your little run she stared and flung three words at him i wanted it and still she stared vi he began well what's the matter with you nothing's the matter with me but i'm afraid baby's going to be ill 
she stood before him her breast heaving she drew her breath in and let it out again in a snort of exasperation what makes you think so something winnie said what does she know about it he wanted to say a jolly sight more than you do but he stopped himself in time and he began to talk gently to her and violet was horribly upset wrap it up as tenderly as he might there was no mistaking the awfulness of the charge he had brought against her he had as good as taxed her with neglecting baby she had recourse to subterfuge she sheltered herself behind lies laid on one on the top of the other little silly transparent lies but such a thundering lot of them that ranny could say of each that it was jolly thin and of the whole that it was a bit too thick that brought her round and he wondered whether gentleness was the best method for violet after all he was disgusted for he hated subterfuge and she might just as well have owned up at once for in a day or two she was defenceless the baby was ill and the illness was accusation and evidence and proof positive and punishment all rolled into one baby's sufferings being due to the cause that ransom had assigned it had been poisoned suddenly from milk gone sour in the abominable bottles and slowly subtly poisoned from the still more abominable state of its baby's comforter ransom and his wife sat up three nights running and the doctor came twice a day and every time except on the last night when the baby nearly died the doctor spoke brutally to violet he knew that gentleness was not a bit of good End of chapter 17. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.